Welcome to Talking About Midlife, where we talk about life living in a female body in our midlife. We talk about health, love, relationships, our inner world, aging, death, motherhood, and what it means to be a human at this time in the world. I am Kelly Sterling, and I hope you enjoyed listening to these stories that I'm sharing. Hi everyone, thanks for listening today. Wanted to talk to you about midlife, the, tra- the midlife transition and what it's all about because it's a transition that we all go through regardless of gender. Um, obviously people that have ovaries who live in female bodies, so women or people who have, uh, who are trans men who have ovaries still, they'll go through menopause as well. And I'll talk a little bit about um, the, the intertwining of that. But I found myself recently talking to a lot of male clients about midlife and how it's showing up for them. So midlife is the transition that we might go through. It's a rite of passage any time from sort of late 30s through to late 50s, generally speaking. And we're all really different. So we have four rites of passage. We have obviously our teenage years. Then we have our 30s, which are often parenting transitions, but sometimes you're not birthing a child. It's about creating a business or something like that. Or create. It's, it's really about putting your creative output into the world. So we see a lot of people really accelerate around their career. Then we have midlife, as I've already defined. And then we have elderhood. And these transitions are super important. And they all have a a meaning and a developmental challenge to them. So in our teenage years, that's really all about exploring the world, exploring and I guess our power, exploring the world, trying stuff whilst being held by community. And so I think we see a lot of teenagers, you know, they get they go through a lot. It's really challenging. I've got teenage kids myself. It can be a brutal time as a parent because those hormones are so powerful and they're exploring and sometimes they don't have a very good sense of of risk and what's risky and what's not. And so where they're you know, I always say to my kids, you know, like one of my most important jobs as a parent is to keep you safe. And so whilst I give you a lot of leeway and know you want to explore, sometimes I'm going to pull in back hard if I think you're doing stuff that's like really, really risky. And we can talk about it. So it's a, it's a powerful time and, you know, where a lot of people derail when they're young because they just don't have that community support and that's really, really critical or they don't have, you know, there are things that we can't talk to our parents about but having a person who's older than us that might be, you know, a younger adult who we can talk to can be a really fantastic support at this time in life. 
And then we, we transition from adolescence into adulthood. Now that again is sort of a happens over a period. So we have all these freedoms that come to us when we turn 18 in some countries and, and some countries they're a bit later, like 21. Sometimes they start earlier. Like I know some where I live, you get your driver's license when you're 18 and you can be legally allowed to drink alcohol then. Whereas in some countries you can drive when you're 16 or 17, but you can't drink until you're 21. So there's, you know, there's good reasons and a lot of them are culturally driven as to why some of those freedoms. Also, definitely in Australia, you can vote when you're becoming 18. So there's something about that 18 to 21 period where we think, okay, you're transitioning from adolescence into adulthood. But in reality, a lot of people don't reach adulthood until their mid-20s. So, so that's a really strong transitory time. And I remember one of my teachers many years back when I was doing a lot of adult development study talking about how they've noticed in their research and data that because more people were spending longer at home, living at home with their parents, that that transition time was stretching out a little bit longer and that full transition to adulthood wasn't happening until their late 20s, which I found to be incredibly interesting and then we move into you know this first stage of adulthood which is very driven by ego and often by the projections of our family and our parents onto us in terms of what they want us to do rather than what we really want to do so this time in life as I mentioned is really about putting your creative output out into the world so that can be you know your career your life's work although we know you know most of us change our work so much throughout our lifetime now yeah and and establishing yourself establishing a family establishing yourself in a career getting a house getting a car you know all those things that the ego wants and I'm not poo-pooing the ego I think it's actually really important and it keeps us safe. So the ego develops strategies when we're younger that keep us safe, which is fine. It's just that we don't want our ego to be running our life forever. But we don't want to. We don't want to poo-poo it. It's important and developmentally appropriate that these things are happening in this time in life. So for a lot of people, their thirties, late twenties and thirties, are very busy establishing their family and their career. And then we have some of us who start late 30s questioning everything, definitely in their 40s. What's going on? So this, this transition in midlife is about going from your first adulthood to your second adulthood. Going from your first adulthood, which as I said is very driven by the ego, to second adulthood, which is very driven by soul. So what is purposeful and what is meaningful? To me, and that is why in their forties, a lot of people make big changes in their career, or they they drop out. They're looking for more meaning and purpose in their life. Now, I just want to clarify one thing about purpose. So, a lot of people think purpose is the work that you do, and that's not the case. Purpose is coming back to the truth of who you are. Okay, so if the developmental challenge of adolescence is exploring yourself in the container of community then we have the the next which is about exploring your creativity and putting that out into the world 
This is about radical honesty with self. Come home to the truth of who you are. So it can be a really challenging time and a lot of people get very restless. We know it as the midlife crisis. And this is this soul. Mind and body are one, right? Mind, body and spirit. It's all connected. So we might start feeling a lot of stuff, feeling restless. And it's really about the body-mind asking you for profound transformation. It's time to grow up. It's time to transition into your second adulthood. It's time to make peace with your childhood wounds. It's time to heal those. So midlife is an invitation for you to examine, to explore, to heal, to be highly reflective so that you can transition well into your second half of life. Okay, now at the same time, women or those with ovaries will come through menopause, somewhere between 45 and 55. So with the average age in many countries, it's either, you know, from the, in some countries it's like 48, 47, definitely um, Southeast Asian countries. In Australia here it's 50. I know in the US it's 51. So menopause is the end of our fertility, but it is also a healing journey and it gives us a very good report card on the state of our health and well-being, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and it is an invitation to healing so that you can step into your wise woman power. So can you see there's some parallels here between midlife, stepping into your second adulthood, into emotional maturity, menopause, step, you know, healing, stepping into your wise woman power. So this, this is a really complex time because women and people with who live in female bodies, we have two things going on at once and the hormonal changes are quite significant. In the same way that adolescence, the hormonal changes are significant. But it's super, we don't have a lot of support and people find themselves at a time in their life, particularly at this stage of life where they've got children, might be younger children, if they had them later. Most of us have got teenagers or very early adulthood, children that we're dealing with, which comes with its own challenges. Then we might have a lot going on at work because a lot of us are really kind of hitting our stride around our work or we might be making big career changes. Some of us are going back to study maybe and then many of us find ourselves dealing with parents who are unwell or approaching, you know, late in their elder years and that brings with it a set of challenges as well. So it's just a really high-pressure time and not a lot of support around us. So both of them are really healing journeys. And, and like I said, just going back to purpose, purpose is not the work that you do. The purpose is being able to strip off all those ego strategies, all the masks that you've worn over the years to protect yourself, any trauma that's running the show, and do some really deep healing work so that you can be yourself. Your purpose is being yourself. So if you're able to be your true self and do work that you love that enables you to be that person, whew, I think you've hit the jackpot, okay? 
So a lot of us, because of the workplaces we're in, it's not psychologically safe for us to be ourselves and a lot of us have to wear many masks. And there's a lot of ego-driven behaviour in most workplaces because of that lack of psychological safety. It's not safe to be vulnerable for most people. So coming home to the truth of who you are, being radically honest with yourself. And it's really challenging because sometimes we don't like where we are. A lot of us find ourselves in a marriage where we're very unhappy. A lot of us find ourselves in a marriage where we're both going through this transition at the same time. And the foundations are shaky in both of us. I think if you can open up and acknowledge this is the time, in my opinion, to do some deep work on yourself, whether you do it on your own or as a couple, I say go for it because I've seen so many marriages fall over at this point. And, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with that because sometimes, you know, we marry people, I don't know, I think in relationships and there's many teachers I've had who say this who are attachment specialists, like we marry our unfinished business or we pair up with our unfinished business and unfinished business being our our healing, our trauma that's running the show. But there's also a part of me that knows that relationships can be incredibly powerful containers for healing and I think if you can do this work at the same time and do it together and explore all the different parts of yourself and explore your own trauma in your system whether it's big stuff or little stuff your own childhood habits and patterns those ego strategies that you developed to to stay safe when you were younger but they're not doing you any good now they're holding you back I think this can be an incredibly powerful time of life I'm not saying it's easy there's I think it's very challenging and I say that from personal experience and obviously like I coach so many people in this time of life it's very challenging, but I applaud you for investing in yourself and just going in there and putting yourself first. It's so easy to put yourself last, particularly females, I find, um, or anyone who's taking up that mothering role. Like it's like the estrogen and the oxytocin. Like we just have that such strong drive and need. And males do this too, right? It's our hormones to protect and put other people before us. But women in particular, and I think that's why so many get burned out by this time in their life because they haven't learned to put the life raft on them or the, you know, the oxygen mask on themselves first and and they're just in going mode all the time and the nervous system feels safe just being on all the time and so to stop and pause feels really uncomfortable and feels really unsafe and that's tough because that's actually what we need to learn to do. And menopause in particular I think is an invitation to this because it is very tiring and those hormone changes need, mean that we need to look at our lifestyle very closely and make some changes. Otherwise, we're not going to be feeling great. So I, you know, obviously some of you know I've had, you know, some very serious health issues in my 40s. So I really had to slow down and work less and just have a lot of time for myself. Um, And I think this has been really helpful to me because managing stress and just 
resting have been so important and all the doctors I've interviewed on my podcast, health specialists I've spoken to over the years in this space are like, yeah, you just need to have time out. And, you know, traditionally there's sort of a a myth, an urban legend that in the menopause transition that women need to take a year out and just go and hang with other women. I mean, that, I, honestly, that's my dream, my fantasy to be able to do that, but it's just not uh, pragmatic given my life situation and many of my friends and clients because they're, you know, they're mums and they can't leave their kids. So in what way can you build that time out into your week and just have that time to yourself? Be in the company of other women. And I would say the same for the guys that I work with as well. Um, I think, you know, what I notice with a lot of males, I'm sorry to speak in kind of a binary and very heteronormative, um, but they, you know, I think our roles change. So once we get through this menopause transition a lot of women really strut their stuff and really start going for it, putting their life's work out there. Whereas I feel like a lot of males, people in male bodies, they want to slow down a bit and they want to wind down and, you know, their hormones are changing as well and, you know, they're seeking something different. So I think a lot of them who have been doing the career thing for a really long time, when they do come into this midlife transition and they embrace it and do the inner work, there's a part of them that they just, the ego's kind of turned off around the validation for achievement. They just don't care anymore and they're seeking that more purpose-driven work. Some become self-employed. A lot of them make changes and go into not-for-profit or do something that's more community-focused. And there's also, I find with a lot of them, a very strong drive to spend more time with their children. And then you've got a, a lot of people in female bodies who, you know, their estrogen's going down and they're like, oh, God, get me out of the house. So I think if you can straddle that crossover, it can be actually a really beautiful complement to each other. So it's a really tricky and interesting time for all of us. So just to go back and summarise, yeah, moving from first adulthood to second adulthood. But here's the thing, not guaranteed, right, if you don't do the work. That's why I think some people don't transition till their late 50s and some people never quite get there. So they get stuck in this transitory kind of midlife confusion. What is that? Oh, a lack of letting go, in my personal opinion, a lack of wanting to do the hard work on themselves. Makes relationships really challenging, makes parenting really challenging. You know, because those teenage parts of us and young adult parts of us are running the show. It's not helpful when you're dealing with teenagers, that's for certain. And makes your relationships really interesting. So then we get to the stage of elderhood, which is sort of 60s onward, which is really about learning to trust and receive and open up. But I tell you, there's a really important role with elders and that's being able to hold grief in community. So what I have found working with people at this stage of life is there is a lot of grief because, you know, they're in the wind-down phase of their life. They're starting to slow down a bit. Some people really fight that and they get some pretty serious health issues. 
when they have a whole lot of stuff going on, they find it hard to slow down. Not surprising if you've been on for ages. The nervous system would feel uncomfortable with that. Um, again, more trauma can, can come up to be healed. Body's always giving us lots of messages around that all the time. So learning to listen to your body at that midlife stage I think is really, really critical. Um, so, yeah, lots of grief. You know, I'm feeling reflective and sad on things that have happened, people that we've lost, the loved ones we've lost in our life. But I think if you can find your own, if you can explore your own learning about how to hold grief in your system, I think you can be a great asset to your community and to the people around you and supporting them on their own journey. So again, elderhood like midlife, not guaranteed, not guaranteed. And I, and I think there's a general view. I mean, I've done some study with Stephen Jenkinson, with Francis Weller. They're both specialists around the grief and dying space and their view is the world is lacking a lot of elders. So I think really important to be able to make this transition so that we can support the communities that we deal with, that we interact within, that we're a part of in holding grief. And I'm not talking about just the grief of of death. I'm talking about, you know, the grief of all the other stages of life that we go through. So from every transition, grief will come up. Because we're letting go of parts of ourselves that we don't need anymore. You know, when a lot of us become parents, there's a sadness of letting go of the of the younger times, of the fun times where we had no responsibilities. And I think we can, you know, unconsciously fight that in a way and not want to let go of those adolescent parts of ourselves. And then again, this comes up at midlife for a lot of people. It's really about integrating it all and, you know, at each stage we do this thing where it's sort of if we can integrate it, we sort of transcend it and include it. So menopause, just to round this off, coming into our wise woman years, you know, if we don't do this healing work at midlife, if we don't let go of these younger parts of us, these sort of more adolescent maiden parts, if they're still in there making decisions about our life, about our relationships, about our sex life. It's going to get pretty tricky as you get older. It's really hard to let go and step into your wise woman power and that's really what happens through the menopause journey. If you don't do this work, and I think the unfortunate thing about menopause is that it's looked at from just through a physical lens. So I talk about, in my work and all the content that I create and people I work with that menopause, you need to look at it from multiple perspectives. Okay. There's a physical change. There are, is a significant psychological change. There's an identity change and existential change. There's social and cultural impacts on this. So many people, when they go through menopause are, shown it's amazing what happens when estrogen starts to decline because it's like we take off a pair of glasses it was like these rose-colored glasses come off 
And we have to really unpack our belief systems around aging, sensuality, sexuality, uh, emotional expression, all of it, and unpack them, unpick them, because they can really hold us back from making this transition into this next part of our life. And I have seen so many women in denial about their perimenopause time. So perimenopause is the time before menopause. It can be, you know, for a lot of people, it's at least five to ten years long. And so if you think about that, I was saying, you know, the, the average menopause age in Australia is 50. So if you perimenopause is the time before remember menopause is just one day it's the day that's 12 months since your last period and then after that day you're considered postmenopausal so perimenopause being the years before it if you have a natural transition uh, obviously not being natural is surgical removal of ovaries or um, being put into menopause either temporarily or permanently through, uh, for most people, cancer treatment, so chemo or radiotherapy. So it's so so the normal transition is like five to ten years. So it's quite feasible for people to be starting perimenopause in their late thirties, early forties. And I have seen so many people in absolute denial. Can't possibly be in perimenopause. Yes, you can. And, you know, sometimes it's physical changes, changes to the cycle of our period. Sometimes we just feel really emotional. We might be feisty, sad, feeling a lot of grief, angry. Okay, so hormones impact the autonomic nervous system. That's why we feel really anxious or depressed. They can, it can bring up a lot of old stuff for healing. So we really have to understand this. We really have to take our head out of the sand. Menopause is an invitation for healing. The menopause journey is unique, right? And I, I think this is why it's so challenging for so many people. It is unique. You will get the transition you need to transition well into your second half of life. It is this time of life is like a report card on our health and well-being. But look at it through the four lenses. It might be physical might be psychological or maybe you are confronted with social and cultural norms that force you to explore aspects of you so that you can transition well. So aging well, your sexuality and connecting with your sexuality, being authentic in the expression of that, authentic in the expression of your sensuality. Postmenopausal woman, their role is to kind of speak the truth, right, and call out stuff in the community but to support the community. We, we get this training in this community support early. Our training wheels come on early for this transition to the next phase of life. I think it's a really good thing and I think that's our role. So I hope that's been really helpful for you to think about these different aspects of life and the bigger picture the developmental challenge of each stage and what they're all about. If you uh, are curious, I have a great sort of little, it's kind of a course, it's not, um, on my website, if you go to courses, it's called The Inner Seasons and it's about the seasons of life but all this, the seasons of, of the cycles that we go through just in one year. 
and I've written each season down and then in, um, I put the content, content into a downloadable document, which is at the bottom, that you can go in and um, click on the button and download. So if you're interested in exploring this from the seasons of life perspective, it's very, very interesting conceptually to have a greater understanding of what's going on. I uh, go to my website, which is kellysterling.com, courses, and then inner seasons. And there's a bit of information for you there. Thanks for listening and have a great week.